Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about, is there a male siren in Borderlands 3? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you enjoy my Borderlands content, be sure to stop by the stream. It's usually hit when I'm live. I'm also going to be doing evening streams with my wife periodically. So if you want to follow the Twitch stream or follow me on Twitter, be sure to do that so you don't miss those streams. They're really, really fun time. So, why are we talking about a male siren? There's been a lot of speculation because of the trailers. Um, I actually have a really, really old video. Uh, you could go back and watch it on my channel. It's getting a little bit more traction now because it is titled Borderlands 3 Male Siren, and it's like three or four years old. I, part of me wishes I wouldn't have made the video because it's not very good quality. Um, it's way, way, way back in the day. I have a different microphone. My hair is different. Um, so, if you want to watch that video, you can. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put some of my ideas here in the in this video about how they could do a male siren There's also theories about whether or not he's a siren or can do something with siren powers Based on some things we've seen just from the trailers. I also have a theory About both of the Calypso twins origin with respect to things we've seen in the pictures and the high-res pictures If you look at a lot of the pictures they've sent those of us they consider us like press or whatever. They send us like really, really high-res images. You probably have seen those, or if you pay close attention in the trailers to a lot of the posters hanging up. So I'm going to include that in this video. I don't know if I want to do an entire video about the Calypso twins. Obviously, I could do that if more information comes out. I'm going to kind of encase that theory uh, in this video about where I think they may have come from and how I'm going to justify that. I think I have even more justification of a theory that I've had uh, in previous videos that you may have picked up on. So first I want to talk about loose lore. I feel like the lore around Sirens is pretty loose. Secondly, I want to talk about the fact that the bad guys are twins. They're actually twins. And then lastly, I want to talk about absorbing powers. Absorbing powers. So first, let's just talk about loose lore. I got a lot of hate on my really old video about a male siren because people would go on there and be like, you're an idiot. They can only be female. You know, why are you trying to push this? And it's like, I wasn't trying to push anything. I just thought it was a cool idea. And to be fair, there's actually very little said about sirens in Borderlands. It's all can be encased in, I think, like one couple of sentences that Jack utters during Borderlands 2 about chicks with tattoos and powers stop bringing me fake sirens there can only be six he doesn't say a whole lot um, he doesn't really say that there can only be they can only be female he doesn't even explain we don't even know what happens like when Commandant Steele died did that open it up for another siren to come into play and was that Maya when you listen to Maya's backstory she's like being trained by these religious people and then she decides to kill them to set herself free uh, we don't know what happens when Angel dies uh, there's also something I'm going to reference a little bit later about Lilith so the lore is pretty loose pretty loose we don't actually know all we know is that up until now they have been women and that there's only six at a time there has been two known siren deaths in the day in, in the actual game of Borderlands. Commandant Steel dies in Borderlands 1. There were people that tried to argue she wasn't a siren. She has the exact same tattoos that both Lilith and Maya have, and she interacts with the vault key, which 
they brought that right back into play in Borderlands 2 with charging the Vault Key through a Siren with Iridium. And then the Iridium is going to come in a little bit later with my theory. So that's pretty much all we know. That doesn't mean you can't have a male Siren. That doesn't mean we haven't figured out how to somehow manipulate the Siren powers. So let's talk a little bit more about the fact that they're twins. Okay, this is where some of my theory comes in. I actually think maybe the twins are a result of Jack's Iridium experimentation in Borderlands 2. He experiments on Bloodwing. Bloodwing gets really big and crazy. He experiments on Tiny Tina's parents. They die. And then Tiny Tina gets away. And clearly, they were attempting to experiment on people. We're not actually sure if Krieg was being experimented on. There's a lot of weird recordings and things. People theorize that maybe he was also being experimented on as well. He actually knew I think one of the female characters he mentions her or something and and there were some thoughts there that he might be experimented on it was clear that Jack was trying to harness Iridium powers for more than just charging a vault key he was trying to infuse living beings with Iridium and that essentially could be where these twins come from now I got a little bit more bolster to my theory if you pay close attention to the Calypso twins posters that are all throughout the game of Borderlands 3 it has both of their names Uh, I believe it's Tyree and Troy and it says underneath honor the father honor the father now that could be in reference to Handsome Jack he is their father they consider him to be the one that kind of spawned this era of their being worshipped in the uh in the teaser that they first launched where we knew another Borderlands was coming, the the Mayhem is Coming trailer that's white and has the really cool music, that opens up with the twins being worshipped by all of the bandits. And so that again could be another indication that this was something that was put into motion before Jack was dead or he set it up to where you know, they would have these powers and they would kind of come out of nowhere. So when you actually look at them and you see the fact that the male has red tattoos and the female has tattoos they look like they're sirens and they're twins and it says honor the father i think there's some ground there's some good groundwork there that might be hinting at the fact that handsome jack is still having an influence over the world and we may have our very first male siren now lastly this is something that people are going to push back on and say well we don't know if he's a male siren what if he just learned how to absorb powers so let's talk about that last absorbing powers there is there is a cutscene where lilith is crawling toward the vault key and she does not have her siren tattoos and in that scene the calypso twins are in the background it's possible that they are able to absorb and take away a siren's powers and that is what essentially the male is doing you'll notice he has like two red glow sticks around his neck uh, throughout the footage and throughout the trailers that could represent the powers of two sirens that he's absorbed maybe they went back there happened to be two known siren deaths up till now maybe they went back and used the bodies of angel and commandant steel maybe jack did this i don't know and somehow absorbed the powers to give uh to the calypso twins or he's just figured out how to steal their powers and when he does that it could have ramifications it could have far-reaching implications you're removing sirens from the world but we're not adding any so if he's leaving open gaps in the there can only be six sirens and all of a sudden 
if Lilith isn't isn't a siren, you may have a situation on your hands where more sirens could show up. Now, I don't know if they would do this in the, in the way of like bosses or maybe new antagonists. I don't think they would do it in the way of new characters, but it is pretty interesting that he again seems to have very similar tattoos to his sister and his you know his tattoos are red. So, if that is the case, then it would seem to be that just like in Borderlands 1 and in Borderlands 2, there is a central theme of sirens and vault keys being sort of the central drive. Commandant Steel basically is the one who opens up the first vault in Borderlands 1 and then she very quickly dies from the destroyer, I think as it's called. The destroyer just kills her. And then, on our way to the end of Borderlands 2, Angel's charging the vault key, she dies, she asks us to basically help her die, and then Lilith charges the vault key. Now, in the pre-sequel, Lilith is there when Jack is like engaging with the vault symbol and she punches him right through the vault symbol, puts a symbol on his face. So the theme has been kind of set up to this point that the central sort of driving story element surrounding vault keys is that sirens have to play some sort of a part here. Now, I have theorized that one of the ways they could extend the gameplay in this with their DLCs is similar to a rift system like in Diablo. There's even language in the talking points about the new Borderlands game, how there's revolutionary content creation to make the randomized guns. I theorize, what if they figured out how to randomize instances with enemies and new vaults could you know, pop up every once in a while and that's your rift seasonal change and you farm that vault, get new weapons, get new stuff. Since sirens are central figures in the realm of the vaults, this character, the the, the Calypso twin male, Troy, he could be absorbing powers from sirens, subsequently removing them from the universe, and new sirens could start cropping up and maybe be central figures with respect to whenever a vault symbol or vault shows up for us to farm. That could be how we get in. Maybe there's a siren boss we have to fight or something to that nature. Maybe there's a new siren NPC we have to interact with. All in all, it seems like there may be some sort of male siren in Borderlands 3, whether he has his own powers or he's absorbing or stealing the powers from other sirens. It also is related to the vault key that's on the ground. So we may be racing them to all the vaults that we discovered at the end of Borderlands 2 with the map and the sky. We may be just trying to save the universe from a siren army. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I do think it's cool that... I, you know, I made some ideas and predictions about, uh, predictions about there being pets in the game, and now we have a, a Beastmaster, maybe a male siren, and now there might be a male siren in the game. It's pretty exciting. So, if you enjoy my Borderlands content, be sure to tune in live. I'm probably live right now. If you're here live, we're going to switch to Q&A. If you're listening to this in the other places, I appreciate you watching and listening to all of my content. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about is there going to be a male siren in Borderlands 3? If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. And we're going to jump right into the questions. Thank you, Soaring Eagle, for 21 months. First question from Brickmaster. Says with the gun and gear algorithm being what it is, do you think that there will be a meta like there was in Borderlands 2, i.e., Grog Nozzle, B Shield, etc.? I I talked about this in my should slag return video, and I basically argued for intrinsic weaknesses in every 
either weapon type or at least element type and ultimately the reason I said this is because of what you're talking about slag became necessary explosive damage couldn't be resisted by anything I actually argue that explosive damage should do like increased damage to fire enemies but significantly less damage to armored enemies you know the armor is absorbing the impact of the explosion so when you see an armored enemy whether it's a robot or maybe just an enemy wearing armor you would need to shoot them with acid but then acid would be weak against fire because like the fire would burn up the acid before it really got to apply and uh, do the damage over time to the person and then obviously fire is good against flesh but not against fire Uh, fire wouldn't be good against ice because the ice you know would put the fire out you would want to have these intrinsic weaknesses the reason you want to do this is that gives then gearbox the ability to create environments with a variety of enemies and then those enemies you you can't just go in and one size fits all grog nozzle you know grog nozzle unkept herald or just unkept herald in general you see what i'm saying so that that is certainly something that i think i hope they thought about because i don't think they planned on borderlands 2 going as far as it did all the way to digistruct peak and the opa levels and the prominence of slag i don't think that was planned and i'm hoping that they learn from that because you you never want to get to the end game of a franchise that brags about having a bazillion guns and everybody's using like the same 10 you know loadouts duplis we know that crossplay is probably going to be a thing for borderlands 3 but what about cross save well this is actually a really good question i don't know if they've said anything about cross save the cro- the cooperative cross play was on the Borderlands 3 marketplace summary on Xbox so i don't actually know if they're going to offer cross save now the reason i don't think they're going to okay is because it's it's like on your hard drive your character is not on like a server somewhere okay it's on your hard drive Playing with other people gets funneled through the friends list of Epic, which is baked into the Epic platform. That's how they do cross-play with Fortnite. They have said that's why they built it that way. They built it that way so anybody can plug into their back-end system and cross-play is just baked right in. That doesn't mean cross-save is. Now, cross-save is possible if they create cloud because they did that for going to the Handsome Collection. So you could take your character from Xbox... Uh, from Xbox 360 up to the Xbox One, and it, you basically uploaded it to the cloud. They could essentially do that this time again, but have it go both ways. Going Xbox 360 to the Xbox One was one directional. You couldn't like play on your Xbox One, get some dope stuff, level up, and then maybe for whatever reason you wanted to play on your 360. Maybe you had your 360 at your mom's house and you had your Xbox One at your dad's house. You couldn't go back and forth. It was one directional. So they would have to set up not only cloud sync saving for your characters they would also have to allow you to do it like you did in the past but unidirectionally like it needs to go back and forth uh, J-Man Cinco. Hey Lono, I'm playing through Borderlands 2 for the first time in preparation for Borderlands 3. Which DLC do you recommend starting with once the base game is completed? I don't think I will have enough time to do everything before Borderlands 3 launch. You've got plenty of time. I mean, it's not, it's, we're, we're in April and the game launches in September. Unless your playtime is super limited. Save Tiny Tina for last. Save Tiny Tina's for last. You've got the Hammerlock, you got Torg, uh, and then you got the pirate. I would say it doesn't really matter, honestly. I feel like Tina's is the best, 
and then after Tina, it's kind of a tie probably between Torg and the Pirate, the Pirate DLC. The weakest of all of them, most people think, is Hammerlock. Um, a lot of Hammerlock's content is... It was kind of mismanaged. Some of the boss fights are kind of stupid. They can be really frustrating and maybe too hard, arguably. Um, so... And then you also have the Headhunter DLCs. Right. The Headhunter DLCs are kind of like the dessert, you know? Like, you can do that way after you're done with all the DLCs. You just really want to make sure you do Tiny Tina's close to last, and you can do the Headhunters once you're done with Tiny Tina. The Headhunter DLCs are super, super fast, and they're obviously, like, holiday-themed, you know? There's, like, the Christmas one, there's the Halloween one, there's the Thanksgiving one, and then there's the Cromerax one, which is, like, supposed to be, I guess, summertime beach theme. Um, so you could save those for the very, 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 very end, but I wouldn't skip any of them. I don't know how limited your playtime is, but they're not super, super long. If you absolutely must skip one, then skip Hammerlock, but I think Hammerlock's probably worth a playthrough. Um, I would just maybe do it first. Salty Scrub Life. Do you think the female siren has relation to Angel? They look pretty similar. There's a lot of theories there. There's theories that the guy looks like Jack, and he looks like he might have some of his face constructed with metal, which would be reminiscent to Jack. Um, Her looking like Angel, I've not really done a side-by-side comparison. I think maybe, maybe people are putting their fingers on artistic similarity when they look at, like, Zane, and they're like, Zane uh, is... Timothy Lawrence, and it's like, well, maybe. We don't know. I mean, artistic similarity doesn't necessarily mean he's Timothy Lawrence. And artistic similarity between uh, between the two, um, between her, you know, her and Angel, I think, could just be, we're seeing something between, you know, every single rock. Um, so... I don't actually know if we're, if we're deducing clues. Barnsley Keith, will Borderlands 3 be an always online game as service type game, or will it be FPS that has co-op and upcoming paid DLC? I don't think it's going to be always online game as service. We've gotten this question quite a bit. Um, I don't think, I don't think that Pitchford wants to go that direction. I think that I think that they want to keep the game sort of in its lane, in its identity. The only thing I could see them doing slightly differently is more of a imagine this okay once the four let's imagine they do four main dlcs again so just like they did with borderlands 2 you got torg you got hammerlock you got pirate you got tiny tina and then they did the headhunters packs right headhunter packs instead of doing the headhunter packs they could they could say all right we're gonna do a vault rift system season system similar to diablo and the vaults are gonna show up random encounters, really crazy weapons, really crazy, you know, enemies, and it's randomized, you know, instead of doing the headhunter packs. And the only reason I could see them doing that is you'd probably get a little bit more life out of that than you would out of the headhunter packs. I don't want to take away the headhunter packs. I think they're fun. I think it's cool when they do holiday-themed stuff, but... I don't think they're going to go to game as service. Again, the rift system, the seasonal system thing that they do in Diablo is close to a game of service, but not quite all the way there. Duplis. Um, do you have to be born a siren or can you inherit the powers once a new spot in the six opens up? See, again, this is stuff that we don't know. I don't know if you can go back and listen to Maya 
recordings or um there's recordings about angel when she's really really young talking about her you know asking for her mommy I don't know if there's anything contained in those recordings that would give us like a rigid understanding of yes they are born with the powers Maya's recordings would probably be the closest to the clues needed but as far as I know her recordings pick up when she's like a teenager so unless they say something specific to her being born with the powers or given the powers I don't know if they specify that people are going to have to look up Maya's recordings of you know her story recordings and see exactly what is said they're all uh, I believe all of her recordings are in the wildlife uh, exploitation uh, preserve so by the way if you're new to my stream and never been here I plan to play through all the Borderlands franchise with my wife again and obviously play a lot of Borderlands 3 this is just a segment I do where I t- pick a topic and I talk and take questions ordinarily I'd be playing but I, there's not much to do right now other than replay and I've been kind of saving the replays for with my wife so I just take questions from the audience if you like this style of interactive radio show I am live right now this isn't like pre-recorded be sure to click the follow button on my channel that's the little heart button bang pow Krieg was my favorite playable character in Borderlands. I thought it was really cool to play as a psycho. Uh, if there were a way to make another playable enemy type, which would you like to see? Well, you know, what Roland was supposed to be ex-Crimson Lance, and then, the, you know, near the end, you started to see the turrets and things show up. So it was, it was obvious that he was an ex-Crimson Raider, I think they were called, not Crimson Lance. It was kind of both, I think. Anyway, the... You know, the, the psychos are cool. I don't know about maybe bandits. I You know, I wouldn't want to be like a loader bot. Um, people are theorizing that that's what Flack is, is that he's some type of a, a robot. I'm trying to think of all the different enemies that you could play as or be. Most of them, if they're human, they're either the psychos, there's like the bandits, there's the guys with like the big shields and stuff. There's the bruisers. I mean, the bruisers were basically, that's what Brick was in, in Borderlands 1. So, I'm not actually sure if there's like a significant type of enemy that's missing from playable characters, unless you go into like the actual animals themselves. So, unless somebody in chat suggests one that I've kind of not thought of, um, Claptrap was kind of like playing as a loader bot. I mean, he's a Hyperion bot. Um... So, if she was Jack's experiment, I wonder if she counts as the six sirens or if she was a four six siren. Yeah, I don't know. Or four seventh, right. Link Sacrifice. I have 20 gold keys. I'm level 33. When is the best time to use them? I started to play Borderlands because you spoke so highly of it. I just want to say thank you. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, I typically use gold keys as like a reward. Like, I'd pop the chest every five levels. If you're 33... I think, I don't know if you're playing Borderlands 1 or 2. Um, I enjoyed using them as a reward. You're not likely to get anything mind-blowing out of the chest. It's just like a free injection of purple stuff. I'm pretty sure it's mostly purple. I think there's a chance of legendaries popping out the the gold. But I think it's just mostly purple stuff, which is nice. Like, if you're like, oh, you know, I got a couple pieces right now that are kind of, they're getting left behind. You know, you're 33. If you got a handful of pieces of gear that are in, like, the mid-20s, that's a good time to pop the chest. Maybe you upgrade your shield, upgrade your grenade. Um, If you you get, like, a, a nice upgraded shield, that's usually the best. That's usually the best. The odds of you getting a great gun out of there 
is usually pretty low. You know, I would I would pop three or four in a row sometimes and get like all of them would be snipers. <laughs> so usually I was hoping for like a really good shield. We the people. So this may have been beat to death, but let's say I cannot afford to buy all the previous Borderlands. I'm going to be lost, or is there another way to catch up? You're not going to be lost, no. Um, I'm sure you could pick up on the story if um, if you check YouTube for like a summary of the story. A lot of times there are people that kind of string together all the cutscenes. You're not going to be lost, no. I mean... I don't know how expensive the, the the handsome collection in Borderlands 1 are right now. You got a long time before September. If you can afford $60 for Borderlands 3, you set that 60 bucks aside. I think you need to set aside maybe 30 bucks for all of it, 40 for everything like both the handsome collection and Borderlands 1. Uh, thank you Lulzification for the brand new sub. I'm not actually sure what the total price is right now, so don't quote me. And it's changing. So. Eknor. Sorry this is not about Borderlands. Do you think we need a discussion about gaming industry as a whole? I used to like Skill Up, but now he's bringing negativity regarding Dragon Age 4. Game's not even announced yet. Do you think the hate needs to stop? Well, if he... Hang on, though. He's not talking about Dragon Age 4 to, like, presumptively declare it bad. He's talking about an article that Jason Schreier wrote about already hearing more internal issues with Dragon Age like I took issue with Skill Up's review only because I felt like he set his sights on the wrong thing I felt like he looked at the wrong things I feel like a lot of it was based off of his own expectations of what a Bioware game should be which made his review unfair in my opinion it felt like it was unfair now that we know the truth about the game's development and how many times it was reset and how many times they changed the story it becomes pretty crystal clear why a lot of these things were lacking and the fact that they had terrible lack of decision making manager you know nobody really making decisions uh and you know they didn't they they built the game basically in a year and a half so a lot of the criticisms stick and make more sense now i found the story to be fine i found the core gameplay to be fine i just thought the 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 end game was non-existent which to me that's more of an issue than anything if you don't have an end game for a game like Anthem, then you don't really have a game. Nobody buys a game of Anthem to play through it and then stop. It's it's meant to be played over a long period of time. So I don't think skill up taking a chunk out of Bioware for the information we're hearing about Dragon Age 4 is a sign that like the gaming industry as a whole, like I don't think that's an issue. Now if you want to go beyond skill up and say that like Bioware needs to look internally and say, what the frick are we doing? You know, why are we, are we hurting our, are we hurting our company? Are we hurting productivity? Are we relying on unhealthy, you know, tactics and practices and things? You know, that's a conversation that might need to be had, but I don't think it concerns skill up either. Even if I think his review was slanted, I still think he's worth listening to and I still think he brings a lot to the table with respect to, you know, thoughtful and lengthy discussions about the gaming industry. What is your loadout on your max character on Borderlands 2? What I typically did at the end, very, 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 very end of Borderlands 2, if I was going to grind like OP8 or something, I had a Gunzerker with a Grog Nozzle, a Double Penetrating Unkept Herald, and a Chaotic Evil Monk class mod, and typically I think I ran with... 
um, the bonus package grenade is typically how I ran. Um, that was pretty much my my go-to. The grog nozzle combined with the double penetrating, double penetrating unkept herald and the chaotic evil monk class, I think it was a little broken. Like I don't, th- I, can, I think Salvador could gunzerk infinitely, and basically he was he was invincible, uh, kind of. So it was a really really fun build. It's kind of broken. I remember farming the trees in some forest. There was an area where the chaotic evil monk was likely to drop. There was like chests or trees or something. I remember doing that. Sasquatch. If there's no duping in Borderlands 3, what would you, uh, would you be opposed to a new feature with an emphasis on trading? Maybe even a trading post in-game instead of people having to reach out to forums. I Yeah, I could get behind that. I could get behind that. I do want there to be protections against duping, but if they let you play offline, then I'm, fair, I'm fairly certain that... It, that duping would still be possible just because of the way they save your character. Um, if they let you play offline, that means your character is saved at certain points. The only way they stop you from duping is if any time you drop loot or trade loot, it immediately saves and sinks your character. I don't know. I don't know how that works though with respect to is that too difficult to do um because if you're playing offline like split screen with your with your wife duping you know well no that answers the question actually if you can play offline again the only way it's going to prevent you from duping is by immediately saving and sinking your character the minute you drop loot on the ground or trade loot because what you could do is before you play with your buddy online you could play split screen offline dupe all the gear right and then you have double of everything then you join his game and you drop all your extras so even if i mean that's what they essentially have to do as soon as inventory is shuffled with respect to either being dropped or traded they immediately save your character because what people would do is they would come into your game throw all their dope gear on the ground and then force quit the game either control alt delete it or force quit it by dashboarding on the xbox when you do that there is no ability to for them to stop you you boot your game back up and you have all your loot because it didn't save um so I, I don't know how they're gonna I don't know how they're gonna do it unless again I mean somebody in chat saying what if they allow what if they had online saves and offline saves I don't know people are always like what's the problem with duping the problem with duping is you end up with duping lobbies and everybody distributes the best loot and it spreads like a disease so then when you go to matchmake you end up getting thrown into games with people that are way too strong way overpowered or they just drop a bunch of crap on the ground and then they leave and then you've got a bunch of junk in your game that you basically have to then leave if you don't want to pick it up it really really hurts the value of the game when people can dupe and it just spreads like wildfire um so Zen uh Codian. Favorite character to play in Borderlands 1, 2, and the pre-sequel. I was always rolling in one, Salvador in two, and I really, really liked um the doppelganger in the pre-sequel. Beer Pie. Do you think they will keep up the indicators as to what manufacturer part you have rolled as visual only? You need to know what grip barrel ETC looks like from each manufacturer in order to determine its role. 
I would hope they would feed the player more information. Yes, because if a if a player is just like, I don't understand. I already got this weapon. But if it tells you what all the pieces are, then that kind of educates even the most layman, like normal non hardcore player. They get kind of educated on like, oh, that's why the barrel's longer. Oh, a longer barrel does this. That's just a simple. That's a simple example. But you see my point. You slowly educate players on how the game works, and then that makes them more excited to say, I really like this weapon, where can I get a better version? And they decide, oh, this one drops from this enemy or this boss, and they can farm for it. Barnsley Keith, I hope Borderlands 3 turns out as you described. I understand Tails is canon, so I need to watch uh, you guys play through that to get up to speed. I always forget about Tales from the Borderlands, but Tales from the Borderlands is canon. One of the main characters from that is in the trailer, and he looks different, and he's all up to date with how he looked uh, at the end of Tales from the Borderlands. So there is pretty significant character development in Tales from the Borderlands, so I would recommend playing it. I'm not going to go into detail about what exactly happens, but yeah, you need to um, you need to play it. I think don't play it until you're like all the way done though with everything. You kind of like I don't think it'll take you that long. Like maybe like play it over the weekend or something, and you, you should be able to plow through it pretty quickly. Intrepidus, how do you think the Beastmaster class is gonna play? Set beast summons or take control of wild animals? We are fighting. There could be a handful of things. You could point him at enemies to attack. You might be able to hit enemies with something to cause them to take more damage from your beast. Uh, you could have your beast do different things. Suppress, bleed, um, steal. If they go and like, steal ammo or you know, money or whatever. So, um, Reese will have a different voice actor, apparently. Oh, well, that's not surprising. I mean, it's it's been a while. So, we, There's actually... Um, the same voice actor for Scooter from Borderlands 1 to 2, but I think he had a stroke or something. Something happened to him where his voice changed a little bit, but it's the same guy. That's why Scooter sounds a little bit different when you go from Borderlands 1 to Borderlands 2, but it is the same uh, voice actor. He's a very talented guy, but something happened. I can't remember exactly what it was that made his voice intonation change. It was something like really serious, um, something pretty, pretty, pretty serious. So, but I would say if you love Borderlands and you love the lore, listen, I don't play Telltale games. I'm not a Telltale games guy. I loved Tales from the Borderlands. I thought it was great. I love the way they paced it. I love the way they laid it out. A lot of mystery, a lot of, uh, a lot of Borderlands, you know, it felt, it felt like Borderlands. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so somebody in chat saying it was a stroke. Okay. I thought it was pretty serious, like he could have died. Um, and uh, when he came back, he was just a little bit, his voice was just a little bit different. So, glad he's still with us. He's a super talented guy. He actually assisted them with the trailer. Uh, with the, and he, I think he was the one that wanted the running gun in there. That was his idea. They credited him to that on, uh, on Twitter. So... That's going to do it for the questions. Again, if you're here live, you enjoy this type of content, the back and forth interactive radio style. Typically, I'll have gameplay here. I'm not playing right now, but uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can catch me live at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If you're here live right now, don't go anywhere, but if you're listening in the other locations, please like, share, and subscribe.